Hi, I'm Luke Alexander, CEO of Nucor Gold. We're advancing the Enchi project in Ghana. It's an advanced stage exploration project with a current 1.4 million ounce resource and fundamentally, fundamentally underpinned by a PEA with very robust economics. Luke, good to see you, man. Uh, I haven't seen you since June. We, do, we talked about the PEA back then. I think I, I came away thinking um, that it was pretty good. You, you must have been pleased at the time. But you've done a couple of things since we last spoke. You raised some money. So that's good news. How much did you raise? Where is it from? We raised $11.5 million at the beginning of August. That allowed us to extend our drill program from 66,000 meters at the time to 90,000 meters. Uh, that financing, obviously, it's been a very tough market for the gold um, sector as a whole. Uh, and raising money during the summer was, uh, was, a, was a challenge. But really, the driver behind it was we were approached um, by a new shareholder, Franklin Templeton, who was keen to get involved in the company. And they now own 8% of, uh, of Nucor Gold. That financing was also very well supported by a number of our existing institutional shareholders, we also increased the overall institutional ownership of the business from 32% ownership to six, to, sorry, to 40% ownership on the back of that financing. So it's great to have very deep pocketed, long-term focused investors uh, supporting the company and recognizing the true district scale exploration that we've got at our NG project in Ghana. It's good stuff, but more importantly, um, it allows you to, and by the way, like, congratulations on, on, on moving the institutional side of things through. Um, it's been a pretty crappy year. Well, certainly for the last five, six months for uh, precious metal companies. We, we all acknowledge that. I don't think your chart looks too different, except for one anomaly, the beginning of December, end of November. Well, there's a bit of a peak there. What was that about? Yeah, so in November, the stock ran up. I mean, I presented at a couple of different conferences, and the only thing that we can see is ultimately that, you know, on the back of those presentations, there was some uh, meaningful buying that came into the market. It also kind of transpired around a period where we did see uh, a decent move in the gold price. So I think a number of those things coming together at once ultimately drove some higher volumes and pushed the, uh, pushed the stock price um, higher. I mean, strange times and strange uh, markets. I'm not sure the same rules apply. Uh, that as they used to, right? I, I don't think we're seeing the same reaction. Gold, safe harbor, all of that doesn't seem to apply at the moment. What, what do you think's um, going on out there in the marketplace? What, what are you hearing? When you were doing your roadshow back in June, I suspect the conversation is very different from the one you'd have today. Yeah, so, I mean, just as a reminder um, for, for people listening, I spent the first 15 years of my career on the investment banking sell side of the business. So was covering uh, the, the mining sector, uh, covering, you know, different companies around the world and, uh, and tier one institutional investors as well. So have followed the markets very closely throughout my entire career. And, you know, what we're seeing right now, I've seen multiple times throughout my career where there's just, you know, an overall lack of interest in the Sector. I mean, if we look at the broader market, um, you know, the 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 Dow Jones and S and P 500 are taking out all time highs. Uh, people can borrow money for zero, plow it into uh, into the broader markets, and and get paid um, for that. So I think as a result. Yes, there are a number of investors who are um, looking at gold and looking at that as a safe haven and a way to ultimately protect their portfolios from a downside perspective. But with the broader market continuing to take out all-time highs, I think you know that, that leads to a bit of a lackluster appetite for gold as a whole. 
Some of the things that I think are interesting heading into the end of this year would be, you know, we just had CPI hit an all-time high. If you look at real interest rates, um, they're currently at, you know, negative four and a half to five percent. We haven't seen those kind of levels since the early 1970s. And the correlation when you see these big spikes in, um, uh, in, in inflation uh, and the response that you see in gold is typically very positive. So heading into 2022, I think that's uh, very encouraging for gold, as well as if we look at money supply. I mean, that'd be another thing that ultimately really drives uh, gold price. And if you look at the amount of money um, you know, that's been uh, pumped into the market over the last two years, it's almost double what we saw in, during the GFC in 2008. So again, that would point to me to, to gold being a strong uh, sector in, uh, in 2022. But given we're heading into you know, the end of the year, typically what you see with portfolio managers and other investors is they're not going to make any drastic moves in their portfolios heading into year end. But what I would um, expect is as they get back to their desks in January and, and are starting with a clean slate, they'll start to look at these markets at all-time highs and start to you know, allocate a portion of their portfolio into the gold space, given it has uh, typically been a very good um, area to, 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 to protect value. Nice summary. I, 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 I like that because um, I think people are being struggling to actually put their finger, finger on it. You know, um, in terms of where where the disinterest is, is coming from, but so I, I, I like that. But we should maybe come come back on and maybe talk a little bit more about uh, your views on on the macro and the economics too. Um, let's get back to the, what you're going to do with this money. Okay, so sixty six thousand meters up to ninety thousand meters. That's a whole bunch of drilling. To what end? What are you trying to do? Yeah, so if you look at the PEA and resource update that we released at the beginning of June, and, and we spoke on the back of that, Matt, so I'm sure that uh, that's out there if people want to listen in on, uh, on some of the economics um, within that PEA. Um, but that included 20,000 meters of our current 90,000 meter drill program. So we've got an additional 70,000 meters of drilling, which we will complete uh, over the next um, four or five months. Uh, and we'll get that out to the market. So to date, we've released another 42,000 meters of results. So basically all of the results that you've seen uh, in 2021 uh, are, are additional meters that we've drilled that were not included in the resource update in PEA, which leaves us with an additional 28,000 meters that we'll put out over the next um, few months. And the goal of that additional 70,000 meters of drilling is ultimately to grow the overall size of the resource. We currently sit at 1.4 million ounces. And if you look at all the historical drilling that feeds that 1.4 million ounces, you're looking at about 76,000 meters. So needless to say, an additional 70,000 meters is very meaningful. I would say about 50,000 of that 70 will go to additional um, resource conversion. Uh, and then, you know, on the back of an updated resource, we'll look to do a updated economic study as well. And really, you know, uh, um, highlight an even larger, more robust project. If you look at our 20, uh, our June PEA, it outlined a $212 million after tax NPV at a 1650 gold price after tax IRR of 42% and just under a million ounces of, uh, of production. So if we can meaningfully grow the overall size of the resource, we'd ex expect to grow the overall uh, size of the, uh, of the project and the economics. 
So in, t- in terms of the drilling that um, you've done, talked about adding, potentially being able to include another 50,000 meters on top of the 20, right? Can, is it as simple as saying, oh, we can see an extra two and a half times more than we saw in the PEA? PEA? Because I'm looking at some of the drill results, they seem you know, quite consistent, you know, high grade uh, results here, but then there's the odd you know, one gram over 103 meters. So is it fairly homogenous? Will the maths be that simple for us? Yeah, so the way to look at it is is 76,000 meters fed the 1.4 million ounces. So you can look at it as an additional um, 50,000 meters on top of that. So call it, what's that, two-thirds? So those are the two if you're trying to do back-of-the-envelope type calculations um, to, uh, to look at. In terms of the drilling itself, all of our deposits remain open along strike at all four of our, our, our deposit areas. So we have continued to step out along strike and we've extended the mineralized footprint by a meaningful amount at all of our different deposit areas. Um, and those are, in our view, lower risk uh, you know, exploration uh, ounces, um, given all of the geological understanding that we've, that we've got. And a lot of those ounces are, are oxide ounces, which you know lend themselves to a heap leach project, which is ultimately what we outlined within that PEA at the beginning of June. We're then also for the first time ever starting to focus on some deeper drilling. So prior to this 90,000 meter drill program, the deepest hole ever drilled on our project was only down to 150 meters. What we see with these greenstone hosted deposits along the Sefwi Bibiani belt, including Chirano, uh, Kinross's mine 50 kilometers to the north of us, is that where they really grow in size and increase in grade is as you start to drill deeper and get into the sulfides. We've been releasing some of these higher grade results over the last um, six or nine months, and we feel that we've started to hone in on where some of these higher grade feeder zones sit at our different deposits. And we're now doing follow-up drilling to start to, you know, hopefully be able to wrap a resource around some of those areas. So that's the focus of uh, uh, of the drilling, continuing to extend along strike with those kind of low-risk exploration ounces, but then also um, adding some deeper drilling. And then the third thing we're focused on is some new areas um, that have never been drilled before, where we've done a lot of soil sample. Um, work, trenching work, and um, and are drilling those for the first time ever and uh, looking to make some new discoveries across the project. From that perspective, we've identified 25 different targets across the project, and to date, we've only drilled on seven of them. So needless to say, we've got a very large uh, pipeline of, uh, of opportunities or targets across the, uh, the project that we will continue to work up and look to add, um, you know, drilling in those areas over time. Okay, so you, your market's guy, you said that earlier, right? Um, you, you, know how to, you know how to play the, the market game here. You guys are drilling, which is obviously great in, in, in country, and you've got the money to do that, and there's a lot of meters added to this thing, and, you know, we can expect to see a resource update at some point, and you'll move along the study, um, you know, curve T. But coming back to the market thing, you're whatever whatever you are, sixty odd million bucks market cap. The share price has kind of come off like a lot of precious metal companies. How do you feel you need to play this in twenty twenty two, given what you think is going to happen in in twenty twenty two? Because there's a whole bunch of West Africa gold stories there. You know, sub millionaires or with with no resource, um, perhaps financially stranded. 
Um, are you, do you get your head down and just focus on what you got here, or are you also having a look around at what else is available? Because that's there's no sh- better shortcut to a growth story than ma- making acquisitions, especially if you're picking it up cheap. And if I look at your board, they're more than qualified to perhaps you know tell that story well. But at these prices, you're not going to be raising capital anytime soon. So wh- wh- how, how does that market look like to you in terms of opportunity? Yeah, so from a um, call it M&A perspective is what you're kind of alluding to. Um, we're not interested in adding additional exploration to Nucor. I mean, we've got a district scale exploration project at Enchi. Uh, we can drill, you know, millions of meters here and still have further opportunities to drill. So uh, given, you know, the size of the exploration and district scale nature of our project, um, we would just be diluting that with additional uh, exploration. Um, one thing that we've always talked about is, you know, if there was an interesting production type opportunity out there that, you know, fit and our investors wanted to fund, then that might be something that we we would look at. Um, but it's not something we're actively out trying to trying to pursue. Again, where we think we're going to create the most value for shareholders is with the aggressive drilling that we're currently doing on our uh, on our on our entry project, and that's something that we're going to continue to um, to focus on. Just in terms of your broader um, uh, question, in terms of you know the overall market and 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 how we approach that as a company. I mean, the one thing that, you know, none of us as CEOs of, of any gold company can control is the overall uh, price of, of gold or the market sentiment. So for us at Nucor and, and as a management team, we really focus on our operations, on making sure that we're getting the most meters drilled pro, uh, uh, possible and as, efe- and as efficiently as possible. And our view is that if we continue to deliver operationally, and I've seen this throughout my career, inevitably the market will come back. And our view is that all of the work that we've done in 2021 will then get you know, more quickly um, uh, priced back into the share uh, price. And I would expect that we outperform a number of the other companies out there who haven't been able to do a lot of work in 2021 because the capital markets have been closed to them. So it is one of the real advantages I think we've got at Nucor is the fact that we have been fully funded for the last year and a half to aggressively drill, you know, as and when um, the markets do improve and market sentiment comes back, uh, I would expect that we will meaningfully outperform on the back of that as a result of all of those, um, uh, all of the work we've been doing at our Inchi project. Okay, and I, and I, buy, I buy that to a great, greater degree, but you know, it's, it's always kind of worth exploring where, where the, your head's at, uh, or the, the, the board is um, at. Because you know you're you, you got some money. You talk about the ninety thousand meter drill program. I come back to my original point of you know the so what component is like. Do you think at that point doing an updated resource is going to give you the traction that you need to move the share price meaningfully for you to be able to raise money for the next phase of development? Yeah, I think. I mean, obviously by meaningfully increasing the overall size of the resource that should flow through in terms of how people value Nucor relative to other companies out there, whether it's on a per ounce in the ground basis, or they start to look at, okay, at 2 million ounces, this is going to be a much larger, more robust project than was outlined in the, uh, in, in the PEA in, uh, in June. 
So all of those things start to to factor in. And and one of the things that investors obviously like is having, you know, um, independent 43101 resources that they can hang their hats on. It's one thing for me to say, you know, at Boeing, we've extended mineralization by 1.4 kilometers on a 2.4 kilometer or 2.8 kilometer pit constrained um, resource. But until all of that's been, um, you know, compiled and, and put into a model and pits wrapped around it, you don't know what the ounces are going to be. So that's why, you know, getting resource updates are obviously important from, from a market perspective and from an ultimate valuation perspective. And I think that, yes, that can drive um, the share price for uh, for Nucor, as well as then using using that updated resource to then go and outline an even larger project. I mean, our PEA in June outlined just under a million ounces of, uh, of production. If we can grow that to closer to a million and a half ounces of production, you're all of a sudden looking at 125 to 150,000 ounce producer over a 10 to 15 year mine life. Those are the kind of step changes that ultimately create real fundamental value for uh, for the company and ultimately for our shareholders. So that's why we are focused on, you know, making sure we hit those different milestones. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm, I'm sort of exploring, obviously I want to talk about the company, and but I'm also really intrigued by your experience and, and of, of the market, certainly the Canadian market, right? Because you don't want to be doing the next raise uh, lower than the raise in, in, in June, which was at what, 60 cents, right? Um, and you've got to believe that the work you're doing now, that you know, being able to put an, a, a, a resource update out and all the other things that you're going to want to, want to put out is going to work. Do, so, do you, how cautiously do you have to approach it? Because the market's not there for gold equities at the moment. The gold price is kind of fine, but the the equities aren't there. The interest isn't there for the reasons you outlined earlier. Do you have to have a watching brief and say, well, let's see what other people are doing. Let's see if the market is reacting. Uh, and if they're not reacting, do you kind of slow down the pace at which you're spending or burning through the cash that you've got uh, and wait for the market to recover? Or do you think, well, actually, no, it, we, we believe that we can burst through the other side if we deliver, you know, things that you just outlined uh, that you want to try and deliver? I mean, how, how do you think about it as a markets guy? Well, the way we've kind of laid out our budget is that we're fully funded through 2022, and that includes completing the 90,000 meters of drilling as well as getting an updated resource done. So that's kind of the way we've laid things out from a budgeting perspective to make sure that we can weather any storms that may happen in the market, which I think is essentially what you're you're kind of alluding to in terms of, you know, how do you approach things? Well, you know, in a in a wild bull market, anyone can raise capital. Um, you know, when uh, when it's stormy in the markets, it becomes more challenging and, and you need to pick your spots from that perspective. So we're very mindful of of that. And, and that's the reason why we budget for the company to be able to make sure that we can weather any storms. And if there's, you know, a very strong market um, at some stage and it makes sense from a dilution perspective to potentially, you know, raise additional capital to drill more meters, then that's something that, you know, you, you constantly evaluate uh, as you're executing on your overall business plan. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, and can I just, so, uh, you, how much, so you, you're three to 1920, uh, sorry, three to the end of 2022, which is great. Um, but does that, mean that at the end of 2022, you'll have exhausted your funds. You'll be ready to raise capital at that point, no matter what. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, as as you kind of move along, there's always ways of 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 cutting to be able to extend cash further, so on and so forth. But you know, uh, you know, th- those are kind of measures and and things you analyze as as you go. But from where we sit today, we're very comfortable with our cash position and the fact that we can execute on everything we've outlined to the market and takes us right through to the end of, uh, of 2022. Okay, fine. Well, look, it, it, it seems like um, drilling results every month for the next several months from you, more of the same, please. Um, and uh, hopefully we can get a, get a sense of the not just the resource size, but move towards this next phase of economics too. That would be quite exciting um, if we can uh, get an understanding of the time frame for, for those things uh, from you as you start to firm up on your plans. Yeah, yeah. So that that's exactly what we're focused on is continuing to obviously um, execute on our on our drill program. Uh, as we've kind of committed to the market, we'll continue to have results out on a monthly basis. And if you look at our news flow over the last year, that's kind of um, what we've uh, what we've delivered. And then we'll wrap all of that into a uh, into an updated uh, resource, um, you know, towards the end of Q2, beginning of uh, of Q Q3. Okay, look, look, appreciate you coming on. Man. Uh, well done on the results so far. Um, keep, keep it going. Stay in touch. Okay. Yep. Thanks a lot, Matt. Good to catch up.